All right, good morning or good afternoon, everyone. Today is Tuesday, May the 4th. 2021 and for those who understand this and i think most of you do uh, star wars reference may the fourth be with you um so yeah let's get into it there actually isn't that much news uh, going on in the world actually um but there is just enough for me to cover and do an episode because the few specs of news that there are it has been pretty significant in the last 24 hours. So first off, let's jump right into it. Bill and Melinda Gates announce a divorce after 27 years of marriage. So look, I mean, there's a lot of speculation right now. She There's one side of the argument, which is that, you know, this is all just a power play business wise for them to take over in a more strategic way uh there's also the fact that uh, people have considered that she uh, melinda gates wants nothing to do with what her husband's you know delving into but again the argument has been made to by a friend of mine wind thank you brother that um she's too deep and too far in and it made me think so i think everyone has their own opinion on the divorce Uh, i think this it's too early to tell but i mean i do believe that if they're going to still continue doing business together even though they're divorced clearly there's some type of strategic maneuver at play there right now bill gates said that him and melinda tried to work on the marriage but blah 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 i don't believe a single thing that comes out of that guy's mouth to, to, to tell you the truth but We'll see what happens uh, from there. The next thing is that a Swiss diplomat was found dead in Iran after falling from a tower block. Uh, Now, Iran said they will investigate and things like that, but who knows if this was an intelligence operation. I mean, at this point, I, I really don't mean any disrespect to the people of Iran. I'm speaking strictly of the regime. And what I see when I look at the regime is, again, they'll do anything to make something look like an accident to go against anyone that is even slightly aligned with the West. And to a degree, I understand that. But this this hatred has to, it's got to stop. And I'm not saying that, you know, the West is innocent, but this it's a constant chess play with Iran. Iran tries to. You know, when they say that they're not enriching uranium, of course they're enriching uranium. Now, they say publicly there's no evidence, but everybody really knows that they are, technically speaking. you, I have Iranian friends, some of the nicest people I've ever met, but they tell me, they go, Dave, our government back home, it's, it's, it's not good, right? So we'll see what happens there. The next thing is that a Mexico City metro overpass collapsed and killed about 23 people so far. Again, look, this has to do with uh, economic infrastructure. I don't think there's any intelligence uh, operation behind this unless, again, in Mexico, I would dare to argue, excuse me, you're more than likely to find a conspiracy related to the cartel than that of the intelligence community, to be totally honest with you guys. Now, again, I could be completely wrong, but we know how ingrained the cartels are with the corruption of the government there and things like that. So it would not surprise me whatsoever if that was the uh, if that was the case. Now, with that being said, it's unfortunate that the people have died. Again, the only problem that I have, which is probably the biggest one, is that whenever there's an intelligence operation of any kind, whether it's for a coup, a coup d'etat, uh, just a, you know, a general direct energy weapon making something look like an accident, it's always the people, the innocent people that suffer, and they're the pawns that get knocked off the chessboard every single time. And I, I hate to keep saying it because I know, unfortunately, that things will not change. But again, it has to be said, right? So the next thing is that there are calls for a national lockdown that are allegedly increasing by the minute within India. Again, Prime Minister Modi, he he does what he does what he wants. Now, I understand the population of India is massive in the I believe 1 to 2 billion and I just say that because I don't know the exact figure, so I please don't uh, take my word for that specifically. With that being said though, folks, I 
look, I, it's, it's hard to say. Like I just said in, in yesterday's Kraken episode, some people have told me that it is true. Some other people have told me that it's not. The numbers are inflated and things like that. I know that people are not happy with Prime Minister Modi's government. I don't know to what extent people uh, actually think he should stay in power. What seems to be the case, though, is that, again, Putin seems to be very close with Prime Minister Modi and things like that. And uh, we'll see what happens. It seems like from an external point of view, and I say this carefully because I could be wrong, that Prime Minister Modi and his party are basically trying to become an authoritarian government. And a lot of people say, hey, it's 2021, you can't do that. Well, I mean, look at the CCP. In a lot of ways, look at Russia, right? Again, no denying that Putin does what he wants, right? The next thing is that there's an an intelligence report, but unofficial, that allegedly the thing that Putin fears most is riots in the streets regarding Navalny and all that. Look, to me, it's very simple. Whether he fears it or not, obviously, he'll never admit that publicly. The question becomes, and this is not a good thing, but if we're looking at it from Putin's perspective, can you contain the mass protests? And I mean, here's the thing, folks, and I'm genuinely asking this to the audience. Can, And maybe some of you have the answer, maybe you don't. Can you really, with mass, mass protests, kick out a current government leader? You would have to remove them physically because a guy like Putin could have a million people protesting in front of the Kremlin. I don't think he'll care. You see what I'm saying? So if you get a million people protesting, not that there are, but hypothetically, what, you're going to get two million people? I don't think he's going to care. I don't think he honestly, that's what I mean. So how, how do you how do you remove him in that regard? Now, again, I'm not saying he should be removed. I'm just saying if this is what he fears, clearly that's the path that's being taken. Uh, the next thing, now this is funny. So some of you may have heard of this already, but the CIA made an ad, okay, trying to entice the younger generation, people like myself, people like yourself in their 20s and 30s specifically. It seemed to be very oriented to the woke culture. It had to do with a woman saying that she's Latina, which is totally fine. I got nothing wrong with, you know, uh, someone. It doesn't have to be a white person in the ad. That's what I'm trying to say. But what they what they said was, well, I have um, a general anxiety disorder, but I could still work at the CIA. The whole ad was just really weird because everyone knows what the CIA really does, right? So when it gets to the point where they're trying to make it seem like you're signing up to go work for a charity foundation, um, people started making jokes saying, is the girl in the ad, is she part of like the coup department because they need more people? It was just a whole thing, right? So I, I don't, I mean, at this point, I don't know what to make of it. Ultimately, The CIA is just trying to recruit people. Now, Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, said that, and I quote, we have come a long way from Jason Bourne, end quote, basically referencing the fact that I guess he's trying to say intelligence officers are not as um, manly or alpha male as they used to be, if you will. And look, here's the thing. In my humble opinion, I don't care who you are, what gender, what your sexual orientation is. Can you get the job done from an intelligence perspective? Now, Here's the thing, though, and I must admit this. If you have vulnerabilities, anxiety, depression, things like that, which CIA officers do have, but they usually get it afterwards from being on the job. But if you go into the job of being a CIA officer, whether it's a case officer, field officer, you name it, right, or or analyst or what have you, um, or I think that's one and the same. But anyways, will they accept people? with anxiety and stuff like that, because if that's the case, this is a serious risk to national security. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but we have to call things like they are folks. I mean, I'll tell you right now, and I'm being totally honest every so often I personally suffer from anxiety and depression, nothing crazy enough to get me like, you know, in, in, uh, to get me in bed for long periods of time or anything like that. But I'm sure some of you have, 
how can you expect, and this is no disrespect because I'm talking about myself as well here, how can you, you expect people like us to protect the country? And look, maybe you might serve a better position working from CIA headquarters on a computer, but I'm talking about being a field officer. I don't know. Could it work to your advantage? I mean, it's, it's hard to say, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just trying to be brutally honest because nowadays everyone's all about being sensitive and stuff like that. No, I'm all about being respectful, but we can't be sensitive. We have to call things like they are because if not, we're risking national security here. And again, even though I'm Canadian, I must admit it's in large part because of our neighbors that Canada is so safe, I would argue right now. Anyways, sorry for my rant, but I think it's important that we establish this and there should be a debate to be had about this, right? I guess we have to look at it case by case. Does the CIA want someone that actually suffers from some type of paranoia or anxiety because they might be good for a mission? Maybe. You know, but again, you also have to contend with the fact that if you're that person, you're basically a pawn for the CIA and that might not be a bad thing. Maybe that's what you want to do. But again, to think that this ad that the CIA put out is all fine and dandy is, is, is nonsense. So the next thing is that the CIA, again, we'll, we'll just cover this now. The CIA was briefing lawmakers and Republican and Democratic sen uh, senators on suspected energy attacks. Now, while they were briefing the senators, things turned a little bit contentious and heated because the senators wanted to know more and were apparently pissed off that the CIA did not tell them earlier that there are actually multiple instances of Havana syndrome occurring to U.S. diplomats, you, you know, um, by direct energy weapons being used again this is what i'm saying right you, you as an officer or a field officer you got to be willing to put up with that now you might be saying dave hold on you you said u.s diplomats not cia uh, officers they're the same guys there are some legit diplomats but the diplomat is just a very vague term for yeah we're doing stuff overseas and you know we have a fancy title but you don't really know what we do so it's the same it's intermerged right so yeah, I mean, we're talking about a an institution that literally lies for a living, right? So, look, I understand why the senators were upset, saying, you know, our own diplomats are being hurt, whether they're CIA or not. They're being hurt by direct energy weapons. But at the same time, this is asymmetrical warfare, folks. This is what it is. I don't foresee ground warfare becoming the next thing uh, or reoccurring again unless things really, really get out of control in terms of a worldwide economic and political communication. But ultimately, when we look at this, it's like direct energy weapons are the way of the future. If you become a, a diplomat or a CIA field officer or something like this, you have to be willing to take the risks. I'm sure there are countermeasures in place, but the senators were pissed off that the CIA did not tell them more. You know what? I understand where the senators are coming from, but remember how leak prone senators and congress people are and governors remember that folks that's why I, I understand to a certain extent why the cia won't tell them that but at the same time i also understand that the cia doesn't tell congress things because they just don't want to sometimes and if congress doesn't know how are they going to find out that's exactly how it works if you don't know that something's going on how are you going to make an inquiry about it simple right so again this is the problem, specifically within the West. Again, within, you know, Russia, they have their version of the CIA. But again, like I say, with Putin, he doesn't care. You, you, there's no type of open forum there for that kind of stuff. And if there is, it's very controlled. But again, that's his country, his preference. With China, same, co same concept or idea. But in the US, I understand why they're keeping the cards close to the chest. Now, if it's for the wrong reason, that's a very different story. But again, I'm not trying to defend the CIA at all. Just got to play devil's advocate and see where the cards fall, right? Uh, the next thing is that Pfizer said they expected their vaccine demand to go on for years and years and years. 
Jesus. I mean, well, okay. So from my understanding, Bill Gates has some, it makes some money off of the Pfizer Moderna patents. He's got some association there, which is why a lot of people who have been saying, you know, Dave, how come you Bill Gates is, is involved and why is it that he's always on the news? He is, there's something with the patents. I believe he owns them. Do not take my word on that. I don't want to spread disinformation when I don't know, but look, it's ironic again, not trying to sound conspiratorial, no such thing as conspiracies, but no such thing as coincidences either. It's ironic that of all the companies, it's Pfizer slash Moderna saying, no, 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 we expect for years, you know, to, for people to be asking for the vaccine, to get their booster shots and things like that. It's another pro, it's just, but it, it's another way to make money. But here's what I'm trying to understand too. There comes a point where the money doesn't matter for a guy like Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk. When does the money ever, when is it ever enough? I think it's something like they make $37 per pro, uh, profit per vaccine or something like this. When is it enough? That That's what I want to know. Because at that point, we, we it's like, what do you do with all that money? You will never be able to spend it in a lifetime. I believe, and this is actually a fact, if I'm not mistaken, Bill Gates can, I think, buy over 100 countries if he wanted to. But long story short, he can give medicare for all for the entire united states of america just bill gates can give medicare for all and still be excuse me still be a billionaire after all of that and i'm not talking about medicare for all just for one year i mean he can pay for i think in the double in the double digits of years and years and years from my understanding so just take that in right? That's the kind of money these people have. My point is, why do they need more? And it's ironic that it's Pfizer and Moderna saying this and not another one. So the next thing is that the European Union unveiled plans for overseas tourists to return. Well, look, a lot of European countries don't have much going on economically in terms of what they bring in uh, to the government in a financial sense. Of course, the people in a lot of these countries pay taxes, but tourism is a big thing for Europe. It absolutely is. So I can see why they want this to go back on track. People keep forgetting tourism is a big, big thing. So um, it is a big moneymaker in a lot of ways. It's a, I guess you could call it a racket for these countries. So the next thing is that it seems as though 3D printed uh, houses seem to be on the horizon in some markets in the West and around the world and for some builders. I mean, look, from my understanding in construction, builders will go with whatever material is cheaper that fits the regulations, right? And even sometimes they, they kind of squeak by regulations to be, just to, to, to save a buck, right? If 3D printed houses are cheaper to build, they'll probably go for it. But again, it, it, it's that old traditional mentality, Excuse me. Do these um, do these builders want to even adapt to this new technology? Do they even are they familiar with it? Are they afraid of things that they don't like to that they're not familiar with? Like a lot of people are who are generally up there in age. Not everybody, but you know, generally speaking, people are set in their ways a lot of times, and that's okay. But you know, when there's things like this, I mean, I firmly believe that there will be a time when houses will be 3D printed as long as it gets advanced enough and it's stable enough and things like that, which I'm sure it is. It's just a matter of adapting it right? Uh, um, adapting our minds to, to this concept. And overall, even in the Zoom calls on Patreon and all that, I, I bring this up a lot. And for those who are on, you'll know, but for those that are not, technology is moving f way faster than the culture in general. It doesn't matter what it is, social media, it could science, you name it. And it, it's kind of scary because 
when the technology moves much quicker than the culture, it's okay to be ahead by a bit, but when you're ahead by a lot, the culture becomes overwhelmed. And people might say, Dave, what do you mean by the culture when you say that? Well, the culture meaning the collective human, not consciousness, but just humans overall, how we perceive things, how quickly we're able to adapt uh, to certain things. And my point is this, if there are people out there that do not want to adapt these types of things, not that we need to, but if there are people out there that do not want to make these um adaptations if you will moving forward we're gonna have a big problem culturally and it's gonna lead into a political mess and everything's just gonna if you think what we saw in the last couple years with riots and protests were bad just wait and i'm not trying to be a fear monger folks but again i'm just trying to call things like they are i know i went on a bit of a rant there please forgive me but the final thing is that the um, fda is preparing to approve the pfizer vaccine for adolescents again notice pfizer bill gates i'm not trying to make connections where there are none but there is a direct connection so again, we'll, we'll see what happens there. It's possible that maybe I'm jumping to conclusions here. Maybe in the coming days, Johnson and Johnson too, and, um, and AstraZeneca will be approved as well. But it's interesting how Pfizer gets top priority, right? Again, it has to do not so much with the corporate connections or the official connections. I say that with air quotes for those listening on audio, but it has to do with who, you know, very simple. And Bill Gates is, is pretty up there. So again, uh, that's it for today. Like I said, folks, there's not that much, um, but uh, yeah, we'll catch all of you tomorrow. Cheers.